found yourself falling for someone you never expected? Maybe it was the long distance relationship you hadn't planned on. Maybe they checked boxes you never thought about. Maybe the situation took on a life of its own. This is Thirsty the Podcast, Ted the Tennis Player. This is the story of the very first relationship I found myself in after I started dating again. Hmm. Very first one. It's a big deal. That's a big one. Yeah. And it wasn't at all what I was looking for. It wasn't at all what I expected, but it ended up being really good and really healing for me. Um, So this is a good story today. It's so fun. We can share the really good ones. It makes us feel good. I matched with Ted in, I matched with Ted in early fall last year. You know, um, it was kind of a funny thing because right after we matched, I, I hadn't seen him on the app, on Tinder, because of course it was Tinder, uh, before. And so I was like, hmm, a new person on here. I soon found out he was just visiting Chicago. He didn't live here. And that's why I hadn't seen him before. It's always so disappointing. I hate it when that happens. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's right. He didn't even live here. He was just visiting. He told me he lived five hours away. He doesn't even live like kind of close. He's so far out of your radius. You, it would have been over yeah, immediately no. for you. I would have unmatched immediately. No, you would have been like, bye. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. He lived five hours away in a tiny town in Missouri. Missouri. That's how I see he's going to die that I'm saying it that way. Missouri. He often came here for work and to visit friends. And that's when I scooped him up is when he was here. So that was really funny. So right off the bat, he was like, oh, I don't live here. I live five hours away, but you're really cute. And I was like, well, you live five hours away. We're not going to get over that part. You know, as soon as he told me where he lived, I was like, well, no, that sounds terrible. I don't want to date someone who lives five hours away. That sounds very difficult. And I'm not looking for difficult right now. I'm looking for easy, easy, fun date. Can I ask you, did he tell you why he was trying to match when he didn't live here? Because I always wonder that when people are like from out of town and they've got their apps on, like, I know there are a variety of goals that you can have while you're traveling, but like, did he tell you what his, did, was he trying to date someone or he was just bored or what was the deal? No, he was actually, because he told me he lives in such a tiny town. There's really not a lot of options and he has to go pretty far to find anyone to date. So usually when he dates, it's long distance. And I was like, well, that's good for you, but terrible for me. I was like, I don't know about that. Um, I was like, no way. No, 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 no way. I just totally wrote him off immediately. Um, he was only here a few days. He asked me to go get coffee with him before he left town. He asked me actually a few times. He asked me more than once. And I said, no. I said, no, because I had another coffee date already planned and I wasn't available. And actually that coffee date was with Lenny the Liar. That was my first date with Lenny the Liar. Yeah. Who we have discussed. You could have avoided all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we have discussed him on this podcast. So I gave up Ted, who was so sweet and cute, for Lenny the Liar. So that was a mistake on my part. So we didn't get coffee, you know, and he just went back home. And again, I just wrote him, I wrote him off. I didn't try to contact him. I had no, I told him I have no interest in dating someone long distance. That sounds like a dead end. And it sounds complicated. And I don't want that. And he said, I get it. I do want to get to know you, though. So maybe we just see what happens. You know, those are his tricks, tricks to reel me in. Yeah, and he said, I don't I don't believe in forcing things. If something's here, then it's just here, you know, and it'll be obvious. And let's just see if something's there or not. And I said, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, and that was his trick. That was a little trick to reel me in. 
Um, so that's what we did. Like at the beginning, like every day, like he's a night owl and so am I. So at about 11 o'clock every night, I get a, hey, what's going on? And then we talked to like two or three in the morning, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, just and, and it was nothing scandalous. It was just getting to know each other. We found out we had a lot of things in common that we both care about a lot. He um, so I work out every day, every day. I love working out. It's something that's a passion for me. I'm either taking a spin class or running or swimming or or something. And he is a tennis player and he also works out every day. And so we had a lot to talk about there. He also, it was so funny. He asked me if I had ever seen, so I used to work for uh, the Oprah Winfrey Network on a particular show that he was a big fan of that's all about spirituality. And he said, have you ever watched it? I was like, well, I I worked on it for many years. (laughs) So we talked about that. It's called Super Soul Sunday. I think I'm allowed to say that since we're not monetized. So I can just be honest about that. Um, And so we talked about that quite a bit. And I found out that we were into all the same spiritual things, which that's actually, I'm not religious, um, but I am spiritual. And so we had a lot to talk about there for like hours. We were both passionate about training. We were talking about spirituality. We talked about that all the time. And something I learned real quick that I now know about myself, I cannot date a couch potato. You have to be really active um, or else I'm just not. I'm so active. Like for me to date someone who doesn't get out there and do things, like that's just not, I'm going to lose interest in five seconds. He was also hilarious. Like, I would just fall over laughing from our dumb jokes. He had the dumbest jokes. Like, seriously, they're the stupidest, dumbest jokes you've ever heard, and they're hilarious. I thought it was so funny. And then I, he thought my dumb jokes were also hilarious. Um, you know, we connected over spirituality. We talked about um, – we also connected over we like to date in the same way. Well, except for the long distance thing. He's comfortable with that. I hate it. But – Other than that, like we talked about how we hate the whole dinner in an interview. I hate going out to dinner and like interviewing each other. My nightmare is, well, how are you in relationships? What are you looking for? Where are you at? Like, I just, I can't, I can't do that. And he wasn't like that. He was just himself. We got to know each other. We talked about everything, how we grew up, our childhood, our parents, our histories, all of it. We we covered it all. And we talked all day, every day for weeks. And we're like, okay, well, clearly there's something here. That whole, you know, his tricks worked. Finally got to the point where we needed to meet in person because it was like, wow, this is, we're not just really good friends. Like there's something else here. Yeah. And you said, I mean, you said you talked for like six weeks, right? Without meeting? Yeah. Before we ever met. That's a long time. Yeah. Well, part of it was because I was like, I don't want to date you. You live too far away. But then we're talking all day, all the time. But you invested. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, oh, no, I like you. This is the worst news. But one day we did have one of our rare, super serious conversations. And we were having trouble figuring, this was during lockdown. He had no reason to come here. You know, whereas before he was here all the time because of COVID, suddenly he wasn't anymore. So I was like, does this make sense? You know, we had one serious conversation. I remember this. It sticks in my brain because we just stopped. The joke stopped. and We had a serious moment. He said, you know, I'm really afraid if we don't work it out to see each other in person soon you're going to move on. And I said, well, is that what you want? And he just wrote back one word and he said, no. And so we were all just kind of quiet for a minute. We're like, oh, do you like me? (laughs) If it were in grade school, if we would have checked, do you like me? Yes or no? Checked yes. All right. I have more questions. Pause. Okay. okay. Um, Were you FaceTiming, Zooming? Was it just regular phone calls and texting? Like, like, had you seen him in like a video call? Yeah. Yeah. No, we were doing Zoom. We were doing Zoom, so we would have Zoom beers. He has a cat, so the cat would come hang out with us sometimes. I hate cats, but I liked I liked his cat, so <laughs> apparently other than that one, it was fine. But yeah, we were doing Zoom dates. Not that I thought you were being catfished by him, um, but I was just curious 
because you learn a lot when you see someone's face when they're speaking and their mannerisms oh, yeah. more than just talking to them on the phone. So I was curious of kind of where you guys were at. For sure. Well, and so many people use old pictures because I will tell you his pictures on Tinder. I was like, oh, gosh, you're adorable. You're very like he's very much exactly my type. And I was like, you're just so cute. Do you really look like that? And then we had our first Zoom day. I was like, oh, you do. Okay. <laughs> so that's all fine. That's fine. I'm not going to drive five hours and then be like, oh, that was your oh, picture from 15 years ago. That's my nightmare. Oh. Yeah. Nobody wants that. So we went through all that and they were like, okay, we have to meet. We have to. Like, we, because both of us were kind of stuck. So I was like, I don't really want to date anybody else. And he had no option. So he wasn't about to date anybody else. But <laughs> we felt like we needed to meet. And so he actually came up with an idea. He said, why don't we meet halfway, middle of the day, no strings. Because, like, it would have been a little uncomfortable. I didn't really want to do an overnight. And he didn't either. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, One thing we much. learned about ourselves, neither of us are people that deal well with pressure. We're both very independent people. You cannot tell either of us what to do ever. So we needed to set this up in a way that was really, like, no matter how it turned out, it would be okay. <laughs> and overnight was too much. And we had never met. So, like, no, that was not going to work. So we met halfway, middle of the day, and an orchard. It was so, like, you know, high school date. So cute. And an activity. So you're, like, doing something, which I think really helps, too, to, like, not just be sitting at a table, right? Yeah. He was like, I don't want to go to lunch. I was like, I don't either. He's like, well, let's go do this. This will be cute. I was like, okay. And then you can go home with donuts. So we went and we picked apples. And I remember he put his arm around me. I was like, like, I remember when we saw each other, like, I was so excited. I was so excited because there'd been all this buildup. And like, I was definitely like, I already had feelings for him, even though we hadn't met. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's true. It's true. I was so happy to see him put his arm around me and he held my hand. It was so sweet. We hung out for several hours. And then there was a point where I was like, okay, I got to go. It's time to go back to Chicago. And I had like a two and a half hour drive because we met exactly halfway. I mean, he had to get back home because he had to get to work. And so he kissed me. Super PG, very innocent kiss, but it was a good kiss. And I was really sad to leave. He sent me a sweet note. Funnily, he'd given me his sweet tooth. He gave me some candy to hang on. <laughs> it put in my purse to hang on to uh, for him during our date. And I stole it for the next few days. I would just send him this series of empty candy wrappers as I slowly ate all the candy. <laughs> it was funny. Things only me and him would think were funny. But anyway, then that was it. Like, that was it. We were we were into each other. We both knew it was kind of ridiculous. I mean, we knew. We knew this was not going to go anywhere long term because how could it? Yeah. But we liked each other and there were feelings there. So he came to visit me. I went to go visit him. It was really good. And something that surprised me, I think, throughout that time is that on the surface, he's never anybody I would have gone out with. Not because he isn't great and totally attractive, but he lived five hours away there was just no way there was no way I would have ever it would have been real easy for me to just not and I think the big thing that that taught me was maybe you don't know maybe you don't know everything and if there's a connection there at least think about it like don't turn off your brain but you also might miss out on something I remember during that time like that was when I was at rock bottom mentally because I my marriage hadn't been over that long you know I had just moved into my own place living by myself, which is a big adjustment, I was really struggling. And this relationship, it wasn't a distraction. It was more that I had someone who really cared about me, that wanted to listen to what I was going through and, and getting to know me and, and cared about what was going on in my day to day and how I was feeling. And it was really honestly a life raft at that time when I was just like not doing so great. Mm -hmm. I was not doing so great at all whatsoever. So I'm really thankful for that. 
Yeah, I mean, that's probably the nice thing about him not being local is that, you know, physically he wasn't there. So you were still doing the things that you needed to do and setting up your home and doing all that. But then you had that nice connection that you had from the distance to, you know, it is nice to have somebody to talk to at the end of the day, especially if you're not used to living alone. So, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it was the perfect relationship for where I was at at that time. Like now, honestly, I don't want to date long distance. Like I, I just wouldn't do that now. But back then, what I didn't know is that was exactly what I needed because I needed my alone time. I needed to be able to control my environment. I needed to have a lot of control over when I saw people, when I was out, when I was in, when I needed to just stay home and rest. I needed a lot of alone time. And that relationship afforded me a really important connection. But then it also gave me time to do my own healing and focusing on myself that I needed to do. So it was really a blessing at that point in time. So that went on for about five months. Went on for about five months. And then once we hit that point, it's like, you know, even he started to say, (laughs) he was like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? It, It just started to feel weird. We never made a commitment to each other. But to be honest, he never went out with anyone else. I would go on dates with other people. And he knew that. But it was just like out to dinner, out to coffee. That was it. Little one-offs. Like it was nothing. But at a certain point, I was like, this is weird. You know, like we either need to commit to each other or move on. And we both knew this was not, he's not moving here. I'm not moving there. And I kind of think we knew we'd come to the end of what it was supposed to be. Like regardless. And so at that five-month mark, we were really at a crossroads. I didn't want to live, I didn't want to date someone who lived so far away. He was also really hesitant about the fact that I have kids. You know, he doesn't have kids. He's never been married. So that was just, I need someone who that's more than okay. That's okay with them. So we were done. We were done. We broke up and it was really hard for me because the person I talked to all day for months was just gone and it was miserable. Like I was so sad. It was my first breakup, you know, in a long time. And I was just so, 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 so upset. I spent, I remember three days crying in my oatmeal pretty much. I remember that because you and I had reconnected and we're talking more and hanging out more during that time. And yeah, you were real sad. I was a mess. I was a total, total mess. Like I was calling and texting my sister. I was like, I'm in just so much pain. She was like, you'll be fine. (laughs) You'll be fine. I was just like so upset about it. But finally, after three days, I couldn't take it anymore. And I just sent him a text. And I was like, this is a a little hard, isn't it? And he wrote me right back a minute later. He said, not going to lie. This is terrible. And I was like, you miss me too. You know, and then, I mean, I'm the queen of let's break up twice. I've been in two relationships over the last year and both times we broke up twice. (laughs) I love to go. Let's just, let's just really put the nail in the coffin. So we were right back at it after that, talking all day, every day. It wasn't working for us to be friends because at that time we weren't friends. And then a week later, he was like, I want to come see you. Would that be okay? And we didn't talk about what that meant. I was just, yeah, I want to see you. And so he came to see me. He didn't make plans with anybody else. It was just me. He was actually only here for like 24 hours. Drove five hours on a Saturday and then five hours back on a Sunday just to see me. We went out to dinner. We went and got a drink. It was a little awkward. I'm not going to lie because I didn't know how to act. I was like, are we friends? Are we together? I don't know. We like stood 10 feet apart from each other the whole time. It was really awkward. I knew that's not what either of us wanted, but we were just pretending. It was just hard. It was hard. He drove me home. He drove me home and we sat outside uh, my apartment and we talked a little bit and there were a few tears on both sides. 
and then we ended up kissing and it was I will be honest probably the most intense one of the most intense kisses I've had in a while it's like the kind of I hate the notebook so much but it was that kind of kiss oh those are good oh we're in love with each other it was like that kind of thing of course we talked about him coming in and he was like that is the worst idea ever I was like I know it is I you just have to go back to your hotel I was like I know but we just had the most intense kiss ever. We were both so sad. We were both crying. It was so sad. It was so sad. This is definitely the right thing, but I don't like it. So he left. He went back. And he actually came back the next morning. And we, like, went for a walk and just hung out for a little bit before he went back. We talked about it a little bit. And then he went home. And that was the last time I saw him. It's the last time I saw him. We had a couple phone conversations after that. We were both crying. They were very emotional. And that actually led to where we were like, I don't think we can talk. Because we were both so sad. We were so sad. This is, I promised a feel-good story, and it's so sad. But uh, it was not working for us to talk. So we are like, you know what? We're going to go to the silent cave. This is so hard, and you meant a lot to me during this time. We can't, we can't talk because we were just crying all the time or getting mad at each other, which we never got mad at each other before. This is new. So not going to work. So we went to our silent cave. There's a good ending to this, though, because we broke up and it stuck. We went in our silent caves. But after about six months, we started talking again. And, you know, there's no more to it than friendship. We are literally just friends. But we're back to we talk every day. He's really important to me. We care about each other a lot, have a lot of respect for each other, but we're just friends. I think we had to take that six-month break to, like, reset. It is kind of funny that – funny now, though, because when one of us goes on dates, I'll be like, so am I still the number one? And so far, yes, I'm still number one of the last year. I'm really grateful that we've been able to, like, been able to turn the corner and be friends and still be in each other's lives. It just didn't work out. We were together for the amount of time that we were supposed to be together, and then we ended it, and that was correct. But it was nice. It was a a nice first foray back into dating. Yeah. How tough do you think, though, that breakup was for you? Like, not really that long after your marriage ended. And it was a pretty intense breakup. Like, that. that's tough. That's tough to go through. It was brutal. I mean, like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. It was brutal. I think part of it, emotionally, I wasn't very strong in the first place. And so here's this person I did really care about. We were making the right decision. We knew we were right to break up. But I was just so sad. I was so sad about breakups are so painful. What's funny about it is that I've had two major breakups this year. And they have both been brutal, I will say. And while like I really don't like the pain of a breakup, on the other hand, what gives me hope about it is it means the lights still turn on. I can still get attached to someone. I can still care about them. And when they're gone from my life, it matters to me that they're not there anymore. We also did an episode about Rowdy Ryan. That was my other breakup of the year. And that relationship was totally different. And we had some extra dysfunction that was not so great. But both of those breakups have been so hard. So hard. It's a genuine loss. And it's not usually what anybody wanted. And it's just like... But I think there is a positive side. It means that you're able to have emotions and feelings and get attached to someone. And that's healthy. As long as you don't spin out into being self-destructive, I think it's good. It's good that you are so miserable. Just hopefully you won't be miserable for too long. I was just happy that I was able to have feelings again. And I didn't know if I did. Honestly, after filing for divorce, I didn't know if I just had a lump of coal in there. Yeah, it's probably a sign too that you didn't let things go on for too long. I, sometimes I feel like when relationships drag 
on longer than they should, you overdate or whatever happens, then you kind of lose a little bit of that kind of passion or whatever that I think you were seeing in your breakups because it was a lot of intense feelings, but it was also taking the time to call the relationship when it needed to end. And so those feelings are still really strong. You care about each other, but it was also the time where both of you were adult enough to acknowledge like this isn't, you know, this isn't working or this doesn't make sense or whatever the reasons are. So yeah, it is a kind of a funny experience when you realize the decision you're making is the right one, but it hurts so much. You know, sometimes those two things go together. And you bring up a good thing, too, that I hadn't thought about. Overdating. I think we've all done it. Mm -hmm. Where you're with someone and you know it's not going to work or you know it's not healthy or they're not treating you right or you're not really happy. And it's not the kind of thing where you can work through it. I I think you know the difference between a rough patch that you can can fix and when it's dead or toxic or unhealthy and then people just keep going. And I had never heard that term until you used it actually, overdating. I would love to hear you talk a little bit more about that because I think you're right. Like I think in an overdating situation, you can make it so much worse, so much worse than if you would have just called it at the right time. Yeah. I mean, I think my past, my last two big relationships were more of like, quote unquote, or one was definitely more of an overdating situation. And I don't mean that negatively because we think we both really wanted it to work. I think we both just didn't acknowledge that it, it just didn't make sense. And so we just kept on going and going and going rather than doing what was the absolute hard thing. Although I will say in that relationship, we did have a breakup and it didn't stick. <laughs> I forgot about that. And we continued to date for a year longer. And really, as nice as he was um, and how much I cared about him, it wasn't the, you know, we probably should have broken up that original time. But again, we do this to ourselves sometimes where we go back and because we really want it to work. Um, And then I think my most recent relationship is where I was trying to be really good with myself of not over dating. And I was actually proud of myself that like I gave it the time that I felt like it needed to see it like did this work for me. And then I took a step back and went, no, this isn't working for me. And, you know, I ended the relationship probably earlier than old me would have, because I think I have learned a lot about what I want, what feels good to me, where I want to be at, what I need from a partner and trying to be more honest with myself of being in the right relationship. So and again, nothing negative about anybody. It's just sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So yeah. And at this point, it's like, what's what is what good does it do anybody to keep going in a situation that's not right? I feel really good about this whole relationship with Ted. And I'm actually really proud of us because pretty much six months without talking at all. But there was a part of me that like, I never thought he didn't care about me. And that's why we weren't talking. It wasn't that we hated each other. It was exactly the opposite. We didn't want to hurt each other. We wanted to be a good part of each other's life. I didn't know if we were going to be able to be friends again. I didn't know. And we are. It's just, it's really a gift. And I think it really does go to show people will be in your life if they're supposed to be in your life. And at a certain point, you have to let it go. And they'll be there if they're supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. And if they're not, they won't. I don't think it's that complicated. And people just make it more complicated than it needs to be. Do you feel like, you know, do you feel like this relationship influenced subsequent relationships? Like, you know, did, did you learn things that have helped you as you've dated other people? 
It did. Because you know what's kind of funny? I think, you know, I, I've mentioned I've been in two relationships in the last year. And the second one with Rowdy Ryan was like the polar opposite of with Ted. The one with Ryan was roller coaster. Super high highs, bonkers fun. And then be like, are you effing serious? <laughs> These big highs, big lows, kind of chaotic. And that's not how it was with Ted at all. And so what's Kind of the way I would talk about it is this past year has been me trying a lot of different things. Trying it. Mm-hmm. I think I've gotten to this attitude of, well, let's try it. Let's try it. See how it works. You know, this is not anything we can't back out of. There's a quote from Jeff Bezos about their one, one-way one door decisions. Deciding to get a divorce, that's a one-way door. You can't really come back from that, I don't mm-hmm. think. But dating someone, that's a two-way door. If it doesn't work out, you can. it's easy to call it quits. Try again later if you feel like that's the right thing. Become friends. Like you can test different things and try it. Or you can just say, this isn't a person for me in my life. Mm -hmm. It's not that serious. And so that's what I've been doing the last year. Trying different things. There are things about Ted. I was like, "Mm, why don't I try dating someone who lives here? I'll try Laura's rule, 30 minutes or less. I haven't gotten to the 30 minutes. 30 minutes is great, yeah. Rule, yeah. I've gotten to 45. Do it. I'm, I'm really trying to date someone who actually lives in the city, which is where I live. Yeah, I mean... I learned a lot. I learned a lot about trying things. And um, I think the biggest gift I got out of it, besides like a really positive connection that I needed at a very low time in my life, was that I don't know what I think I know. I thought on paper, he was terrible for me. He's great. Mm -hmm. He's great. He wouldn't ever have been someone I thought I would want to date just because he'd never been married. He'd never even really been in a serious relationship. And he didn't have kids. uh, And he didn't live here. So none of that seems right for me but it was it actually was for those five months it was really great that's great that's a positive story it's a great positive story yeah yeah I mean I learned a lot but I learned how to have grace and understanding for what other people need and are capable of I got better instead of I think a big problem with me previous life I had an idea of how people should act and if they didn't do it I was very disappointed and tried to like force it to be the right thing because I felt like I didn't have any options whereas now I think I'm a lot better at thinking about what am I capable of what are they capable of having grace and understanding for everybody and using that as my decision maker about whether we should be in each other's lives or not rather than trying to force them or myself into a box we don't fit in really trying to accept who we are and what we can do right now that's great I think those are great things to learn from. I mean, for, again, a first relationship after divorce, I think those are really great lessons to learn compared to how, um, you know, you never know who you're going to meet on the internet and not all situations are that positive. So that was a good situation for you to have landed in on the whole. So yeah, it was great. I mean, I didn't even know if I could have feelings for anybody ever again. And so realizing that I could was just totally life changing for me. And it gave me hope that maybe my second act is going to be okay. It's going to work out. It will just fine. For both of us. <laughs> we'll see. Not together, but <laughs> for us with our dates. <laughs> All right. Well, next week, I'm going to talk about the first person that I dated after my divorce. So we can do a little compare and contrast and see if our situations and experiences were very similar or very different. But I can tell you right now, he did not live five hours from me because that would never happen. Of course not. (laughs) Never. All right. Well, then I guess next week I will tell all of all of my stories of right after my divorce. Not all of them. Some of them. Sounds perfect. It's also our season finale. It's our Yay. last one. Very exciting. All, all right. right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Still thirsty? Check us out on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, 
and thirstythepodcast.com. Say hi, send a note, share a story with us, because sometimes life leaves you wanting just a little bit more.